0: Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a new report we just released. Titled The Current Status of Utah Women and Girls, a Research Synopsis. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haid Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project. And today I'm here with Colleen Anderson, the associate director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project, who co authored and I should say took the lead for this report with me. Welcome Colleen. Great to have you with me today. Thank
1: you so much. I'm so glad to be here.
0: So this report has been on our minds for a little while. I've thought for years as people continue to say, well what are the statistics for one thing or and the other thing and and a different topic and uh we have to go back to the research and find little snippets, right? And uh, mentioned this to you and you're like, yeah, let's do it. So what was really exciting about putting this report together for you?
1: It really was for me, the the contrasts. Um, we have these rankings where we really perform quite well. Uh, Not and, that um, many, I should
0: say. A no, few. It's
1: true, just a <laughs> few. It, just a few, and then um, the volunteerism, our charitable contributions. Some of those things, I just think, wow, Utah really stands out. And then juxtaposed with that, some of the safety and security um, ratings and and numbers are. Just so discouraging, and so really for me, I, I, I loved being able to have a, a big-picture view, sort of, of of where we're at with all the research that we've done. Um,
0: and that's what the key of this report is. Very different than any other. Um, we really went back to all the research we've been doing for 15 years plus other rankings that come out of WalletHub or different sources, and put just paragraphs together to summarize f- for each of these topics. And I think we ended up with 41 different topics. And so it's really a gift, I should say. We can go to the report and say, what's the latest? What are, Where do are the data that are available in whatever topic. And we'll go through many of those today. I love the introduction of this report. I'll I'll just start reading just a little bit because I think it sets us up so interestingly. And so in 2023, US News and World Report rated each state using 71 metrics in eight categories. And Utah came out actually on top as the best state overall. Now, we hear this at conferences, especially economic conferences, Utah's so awesome, and, and we love the most charitable state. We, you know, volunteerism, like you said, there's some, but what is interesting, in fact, I was just at a conference a week or two ago where they just talked about all the good stuff, and of course, There are so many things that we have deep concerns about that are often not addressed. Have you noticed that? I have. And, you know, it's great to celebrate the successes, but
1: we cannot bury our heads in the sand and ignore that these other things aren't happening.
0: And I love the questions that we posed. You know, there's more, again, you can read in this report, but we, you know, posed some questions with all these great things. How is it then? that one in three Utah women has been sexually assaulted and one in six has been raped? How is it possible then that in a state with strong family-oriented values, one in three women will experience some form of domestic violence during her lifetime? And why do over a quarter of Utah single mothers whose children are under the age of five experience poverty? So there, even with all these awesome things, we need to do more work with girls and women. And we're both obviously convinced of that, correct? Absolutely. <laughs> so I love that you're joining today to talk through for our listeners a few of these things. Now, we have this report sectioned into five main ca- categories, and we're calling this a synopsis. So just short paragraphs on each. Let's start with community engagement so under that category we summarized nonprofit leadership political leadership state boards and commissions volunteerism and voting participation what particularly surprised you a little bit or you know either on either end was good or was concerning
1: yeah Again, it is the the juxtaposition. So in this section, high rates of volunteerism. I mean, even a full 20 points higher than than the national average. You know, we're we have
0: women even more. Yeah. And even more, I mean, 6% points higher than men. And that's not a surprise if we've lived in Utah for a little bit of, you know, time, but, but we do so well in that area.
1: Yeah. And to see it expressed numerically like that is, is remarkable. But then another area where, you know, volunteerism, willingness to jump in and serve the community is political leadership. And we are so underrepresented still. I mean, congress right uh yeah. we, our rates are so much lower than than nationally
0: yeah and so i you know a, another area was state boards and commissions and we've made some progress there i have to say uh this past year we're about 38 39% which which our governor governor cox right now has made that a really important emphasis of his administration to make sure there's more representation by gender and race on these state boards and commissions. So we have had some progress there. But but we believe well, there's not good national data to compare it to. But we're, we're, we believe we're still under. But we're making some good progress there. Um, but that political leadership really is the piece that well, even though we're making slight progress here and there, we need to really shift and and do better. I have to say, Colleen, I was just at the Capitol this morning. It's the legislative session, and um, there were about thirty men in suits and ties walking down <laughs> in the Capitol, and I just looked and thought, this this is uh, this is an opportunity. <laughs> it really is I, I i had to switch that uh have to be careful what i say sometimes but we know that you know it's called what we have here in the united states is a representative bureaucracy is what what it's called and that is not a representative bureaucracy not i mean at all. You cannot if you have so many men you you know represent anything we're just different so it's we're true, different man. and we need to eat
1: more equal numbers yeah, and the issues that I might bring up as a female that that may not be brought up by a male leader, right? It, it just brings a different perspective to the table, and that is so important for leadership.
0: Thank you so much. So let's shift to the second, and that main topic really is education. And so in that, we have college degree attainment, even financial preparation, math scores, STEM, racial and ethnic minorities, sexual minorities. Those are the main topics. So again, same question. What did you find interesting there um, concerning any of those?
1: So many things interesting here. We have higher rates of men who graduate with graduate degrees or complete graduate schooling higher than the national average but well below national average for females. I I found that really interesting.
0: Yeah, and we have the biggest gap by far. Oh, have for decades. There's no state that's even remotely close to our gap in terms of the difference between men and women with graduate degree attainment. We have Colleen, I've been doing this work for a long time and we have seen a shift where where there is at the bachelor's degree level more women than men graduating slightly, and and so that's good progress, yeah. but I have to always say, with a, a mother of three sons, we've got to have our young men graduating from college, our men graduating from college, so we don't just want, you know, we, we've we got to raise women and men graduating from college, but we're seeing some of those numbers in the state decreasing, uh, which is troublesome, because we need education.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Um
0: so yeah, those are that was one of the things that stuck out. And then of this
1: course, category, math, yes, I was going to say this category has all kinds of things that are very alarming to me too. Um, the The math scores are yeah. concerning, and you know, you bring this up all the time. I've heard you talk about eighth grade is too early. In fact, you know, the
0: third grade, fourth yes, grade, yeah,
1: it's too early for for it's not a genetic thing or a it, this is a cultural yeah. um, something that is a learned belief about yeah. themselves. And so the fact that girls are, are still testing lower, rah, it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. And it impacts. And, and we have the biggest gap in the nation between these eighth grade scores between boys and girls. And interestingly, um, we are higher than the nation in general on math scores, but we have the biggest gap. And so that is is interesting. And you see that uh, gap occur in more religious conservative societies because you have more gender, role, like men should do this, women should do this. And somehow those messages get to girls that math is one of those things, that science is one of those things, that... And and in general man we all need those those skills right yeah, absolutely. So that is is one thing and of course stem that lead, that leads right into our stem scores so we have less females taking stem related classes in high school and then college and then stem fields um, is, any insights there Yeah
1: it's just problematic when we have this very especially tech oriented economy. There's a lot of things going on here with businesses that are tech oriented. And so to have so few women graduating in those areas, it, it makes it so that they're less able to compete for some of these high paying, the
0: high paying um, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And a lot of these companies are looking for women. And trying to change their culture, I have to say, because sometimes they'll hire women and women won't stay. We know a lot from, from those studies. So for you listeners, and anything we're talking about actually has a whole uh, snapshot or a brief or study on this so that you can learn more information. So let's keep walking through our other areas. We have five main areas, and so the third, health and well-being. And I have to say, these include, well, things like eating disorder. We have reports on that, and cosmetic surgery, fertility rate, mammography, mental health, perinatal mood and, and uh, anxiety disorders, and physical activity. This is a big one, preventative health care, substance use, uh, social safety, and more. Now, I'll have to tell you the one that's always sticks out that I speak about a lot is that Utah ranks 49th out of 54 one for women's preventative health care. Oh my. I Can know. I just say, oh my, yeah. that surprises people.
1: It surprised me for sure. And it, you know, it just makes me wonder what is it about the, the culture that makes it so that we think as women
0: preventative health care is
1: not a priority.
0: Yeah and I've I've talked to anytime I go to my own doctor or or speak in front of audiences of healthcare providers I you know I end up talking about this and they concur I mean it's anecdotal that there's so many women that come in that just are are saying no I I have to put everybody else first I am taught to to make sure. So on an airplane, it's not putting your mask on first before mm-hmm. you help others, it is helping others and then trying to, I don't know what the metaphor could be, trying to to suck some air in real quick at the end when we're about out of breath or something like that. So that I think really, you know, I've actually heard women say, you know, I want to be selfless. And it would be selfish of me to go back to school, or it would be selfish of me to do these certain things. So I think there's just some rethinking for all of us to do in that area.
1: Yeah, less time volunteering,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing
1: great there. Let's do a but little just less.
0: Go, but just go once a year. Yeah, even yeah, my mammography sure. this year. It was like a half hour in and back, and it was it was at seven in the morning. So got it done. Uh, sometimes we think things take all kinds of time, when in reality, putting ourselves first in terms of that can really help help our families. So, yeah, any other things that stuck out to you? I know there's so many on this, and some of it can I just say is heartbreaking. Some it, of the there research...
1: are a few, and and one of the ones that was heartbreaking for me is social safety. So. <sighs> That really looks at people who experience some sort of marginalization or, you know, outlier experience, right? Um, Either an ethnic or racial minority, low income, a sexual minority, and these women face uh, a myriad of problems and the resulting takeaway is that they're more susceptible to suicidality. And that is a heartbreaker that, that being, having one of these social categories as, as part of your experience makes it that much more likely that you would want to end your life. And I, that, that one is, is painful
0: that the um the the researcher Lisa Diamond is just awesome she's at the University of Utah and she did this work um and it's it's very fascinating to to compare and had a really good representative sample here to compare people that fit into the category you just described and then all the rest of us I'll put myself into that privileged category right and then looked at how do we have safety support you know, support? Do we have social support in our lives? Our parents support us. Do our do we have these these are we just surrounded by people that support? And people in these categories just have less of that. Yeah. And so it's fascinating to to look and have such amazing research that says if you are from one of these categories, whether it's a person of color here in the state of Utah or LGBTQ or there's more likely you're going to really struggle with things like mental health and and end result, you know, some uh, commit suicide possibly for some yeah. of these folks. So it's, it's really a hard topic and a heavy topic, but important for us to address. And so, it really um, just speaks to the
1: importance of feeling like you belong, like you have yeah. a community.
0: Yeah, thank yeah. you. So, the fourth, I'm looking at our time. we've gotta move move through these a few things under safety and security. That's our fourth main area on this report. so in safety and security, adverse childhood experiences, child sexual abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, poverty, sexual assault, um sexual harassment, and I'll tell you that all of those are all concerning they're all concerning for the state of Utah. A lot of people don't know that, but yes. I mean, all of these things, we th- one in seven kids will be sexually abused here in the state. One in three women, domestic violence. One in six uh, women, rape. I mean, there's a lot of struggles with that. There um, really are. And so this this one, almost every area, if not every area, we have some deep concerns. Any thoughts, anything that stuck out to you?
1: You know, this was a hard section to put together just because it is that we have a lot of women in the state of Utah who are struggling. I I just was kind of casually looking through the stats in each category and, you know, loosely came up with, Oh, it's about one in five women in the state of Utah who are dealing with some fairly significant safety and security mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, when we get to, Um, focused on all the ways in which things are going great, this is the thing that haunts me is knowing, yeah, but one in five. And I, you know, I, I have sisters, I have daughters, I have, and to think that one in five of those individuals are, are, you know, encountering these kinds of struggles. I, I, it haunts me. It really does.
0: Well, this is a somber conversation, but what we do know is that we, to change, to really be able to move the needle, change, we have to know where we're at now. And we have opportunities of growth a ton in this area. And I will tell you, we have been ignoring it for way too long. And I think the, the tide is turning that people are starting to talk about it and we're at that point that this should be one of our most important things that we do at every legislative session or anything to try and deal with the safety and security of our people and particularly our topic today of women and girls. And then finally, just real quick, a few things. The last section, of course, is workforce. And we've done a ton of stuff in that yes. from business leadership and childcare. And yes, we do have a big child care. Uh, challenge here in the state of Utah and entrepreneurship, some great opportunities there. Of course, gender bias, the pay gap, uh, government leadership, higher education. There's so many things. What one thing in that group was particularly interesting to you?
1: It was business leadership.
0: Oh, really? The fact that in in a in a
1: leadership capacity, and thinking of ten people sitting at a boardroom table and one of them being a female. That that really struck me. Huh. Um, I did not realize how uh, out of balance. It's a great opportunity there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to be positive here. Great we? opportunity, ah, there. and we are. We do have a fabulous team working on an update of that report as well. Um, so, you know, in our report, we're out of time for today. But in our reports, for every single one of these, we do have recommendations, and there's al- always public policy recommendations. But I do think there's things that we can do, each of us, whether we're parents, whether we're influencers, uh, work with with other women or even men to help them be uh, male allies or, or a grandparent like myself. There are things that we can do to help strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. And I will tell you that uh, there's plenty of research out there for any mm-hmm. of you that mm-hmm. are interested in learning more and then figuring out. What does your head, heart, and hands connect with? Which topic? And how can, um, and maybe there's many, how can I get involved? Any final thoughts from you, Colleen?
1: Yeah, the intersection of all of these things just screamed at me while I was working on this report. And so all of these areas are areas that we have to address, all of them. And that can feel really overwhelming, I know. The reality is, just like you said, when you, when you use your heart, head and hands in one area where you are passionate, that lift can provide just enough to get someone else involved. And so, um, there really is things that each one of us can do.
0: And, uh, particularly Colleen, I love that, particularly with a bolder way forward. So this report and the other ones we're doing now are very focused on shifting things specifically for a bolder way forward. And this is a seven-year movement that really can take us from being last in so many things. If we work together using a systems thinking view, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts to really push things forward and lift girls and women, which then in turn lifts boys and men. Mm-hmm. So it's not the scarcity mentality, we're looking at the abundance mentality. So if you're interested in A Bolder Way Forward, just uh, find a boulderwayforward.org online, and you can watch a video and then just see all of the quote spokes and impact teams and uh, reach out if you want to be engaged. And I hope each of you who is listening today would like to do that. Colleen, thank you for joining me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. Thanks to Nick Pora for his technical support. The Utah Women and Leadership Project's core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. So to learn more about our research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.